0: SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. And we're back with another episode of the Underdog Dynasty Podcast AAC edition. My name is Dan Morrison. That is Emily Van Busker. How are you doing today, Emily?
1: I am tired today.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think
1: I spent more time on an airplane than I did at the actual game I covered or in the actual city I was covering it in.
0: Yeah, I saw you uh updating everyone on Twitter. Do you have three layovers or was it three flights and two layovers?
1: Yeah, it was like it was three flights because to get out of where I live in Pebble Beach, you have to I go out of Monterey and it's a small airport, only goes to like four cities. So I had to fly to um I think I went to Phoenix and then Dallas and then Spent the night in Dallas and then the next morning flew into Montgomery. So and then had to do that coming back. So that was it was probably not worth it for, you know, the game I went to, but <laughs> it was cool to see Auburn. I'd never been and their stadium's incredible and the environment's
0: really right. cool. So but if you're going like next week when they're playing Penn State or something like that.
1: I mean, I went though, because it was San Jose state. Cause I do have like a, a bit You're of a relationship. Person. Right. And their, um, their SID, I'll just say this really quickly. So they have a longtime SID named Lawrence fan. He was the most incredible SID ever. He passed away um, last year and it was really hard for the community. So this is the first season without him there and so you know I met the new SID and he was great and there I met their athletic director and got to chat with him for a while. I went to the radio booth with the radio guys and um, you know San Jose State put up a fight, man. They yeah. they
0: that was a close game. It wasn't. It a,
1: was, you know,
0: it was about kicking.
1: Not at all. If they had finished that fourth quarter, it's just you know Auburn is bigger and and just stronger and they wore them down after you know you, you don't recruit the same kind of guys. But I got to tell you, I really liked. Their quarterback was a transfer from Hawaii. Um,
0: Was it a, yeah,
1: yeah. Shevin Cordero. I can't like.
0: Shevin Cordero.
1: (laughs) Yes, he's great. Um, He he finally found his stride and he did really well. And they have a a wide receiver, Elijah Cooks, um, six foot four, about the lankiest guy I've ever seen transfer. And he was incredible. And I really, he gave Auburn secondary some trouble. So it was a good game. They just couldn't hold on. So. You know, it, it was fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I'm tired. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> was,
0: you know, there's only two unbeaten teams left in the AAC.
1: Yeah. You know, what's so funny is you said that when you were texting and I literally wrote that in the corner right here.
0: Yeah, it's Tulane and SMU. SMU yep. and <laughs> Neither one of them has really played anyone all that tough so far. Like, I know Who would like,
1: have thought, though, heading into week three, that those were going to be the undefeated teams?
0: I think if I not at I. the schedule, I could have predicted that those two would have been. I just don't think in a million years I would have said they're the only two.
1: Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that's where we would only have two unbeatens left this early, you yeah. know, and and that they would be. Dulane and SMU. That's
0: great. Yeah, and now that leaves UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati all with a loss out of conference. Mm -hmm. It's wild. All Power Five losses out of conference. I really wasn't expecting the two we saw this weekend to happen, um, especially the way they did in a lot of respects. But uh, let's get into it. I like. Yeah, I just want to finish off by saying it doesn't entirely affect their seasons going forward. Because you can still win the conference. There's none of these losses are against you in conference for any of those three teams. At the same yeah.
2: time,
0: I've got a gut feeling the AAC is not going to the New York Six this year. At this point, I think it's going to be the Sun Belt winner <laughs> or the Sun Belt. Yeah, center.
1: it was crazy. All the, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but the three but Sun
0: Belt, like you know, games, Sun belt or something like that. You know, like they
1: yeah, it was that. wild. Marshall, App State, and I think. It was Georgia, Georgia Southern. Yeah, Georgia Southern. Did,
0: yeah, it's yeah. got frost time at Nebraska. <laughs> Who would have thought
1: Boston. Georgia Southern would have been the team to play that dragon? Blake
0: Hilton, the first coach fired last year. Got what,
1: a, what a story arc, right? Like, what a story arc for
0: college is, football. From Wyford he's a ton happier at Georgia Southern.
1: Oh, yeah. How could you not be? I mean, USC, no offense, but
0: it's, the, you know, I mean,
1: it's miserable at USC. He, There's so much pressure. Scrutiny. And he's not that kind of guy. You know, he's not calculating. He's not like scheming. He's no Lane Kiffin.
0: So no Lane Kiffin talking about the Nebraska job, are we?
1: (laughs) I really hope they don't do that.
0: I mean, Matt Campbell, Matt Rule, I think, are your two obvious first choices because Matt Rule's being fired by the Panthers this year. (laughs) It's
1: so sad. I love Matt Rule.
0: Matt Rule. Yeah, but it hasn't worked out. I I guess not. Temple guy really was the last great Temple coach because I'm thinking, yeah, that you give Jeff Collins is really inherited credit from Matt Wilson here at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You know what he's done at Georgia Tech is going maybe not. Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Wild weekend. It is. Uh, Let's dive into the week two recap here. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with Louisville twenty, UCF (laughs) fourteen. Emily, your thoughts.
1: Am I surprised by this outcome? No, not at all, because Louisville is that team for UCF. And am I am I shocked that you know that the level of play that UCF produced? Yeah, a little bit. It was tough. It was really tough to watch. Like, and I felt for you and I felt for Eric and everyone who's a UCF fan. I love Gus Malzahn. I want him to do well, but this was just not it.
0: After they got off of Gus's script in this game, it was abysmal on offense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely abysmal once they were off script. Um, A lot of UCF fans were pointing the finger at John Rice Plumlee. Uh, He's not the most accurate passer, but you knew that coming into the season, you knew he had spent a couple years away from the position uh i don't really point the finger at him as much as other people do i'm pointing at the offensive line who left him out mm-hmm. to dry that entire game there was very little to no push in the running game unless it was a quarterback scramble which i thought he frankly should have done more especially at the end
2: mm-hmm. of
0: the game because he couldn't throw downfield when they were expecting it um and yeah it was just abysmal anytime it was a pure drop back the offensive line crumpled mm-hmm. against the pass rush from Louisville and it was in, he was getting hit before he had time to throw which means he's you know throwing the ball quickly sometimes into coverage before he's ready to mm-hmm. you know that isn't to say he didn't miss a few guys he did you know he underthrew Alec Holler for what could have been a touchdown he had, had a few plays where you really go man, you should have made that. But the offensive line was the issue first and foremost mm-hmm. with the offense's day, and it was abysmal. The offensive line was abysmal in this game. <laughs> uh, kicking issues continued. If Daniel Obarski goes out there to kick another field goal this in his entire career, you're giving up. That's we we'll
1: will riot.
0: He is a bad kicker. <laughs> but I don't mean tweet at him. I mean, he is just a bad kicker who doesn't. Yeah,
1: you don't need to eat. eat
0: it. Then, yeah. you know, maybe people tweet at college kids, which I don't agree with. But
1: I like, know. It's so sad. It's sad. It's sad to like get a life. But yeah. I but mean, the fact
0: that he's a bad kicker. He, do your job. He can kick it 50 yards, sure, but he no idea where it's going. He had a kick in the first half that would have made it 17 mm-hmm. to 7. And it was from the right hash. And I swear to God, it went further right. I don't know how you do that. And then at the end of the game, you're facing a fourth and goal from, like, the five-yard line that you have to go for. But if he had made that kick, it would have been a three-point game. They could have kicked a little chip shot field goal. But he didn't because he doesn't make kicks. You could have forced overtime is my point instead of throwing an interception late. Uh, The defense is elite. I will say that. This defense is exactly as advertised. Uh, Save for, like, a crazy Malik Cunningham scramble. I thought they did a good job containing him. Uh, at just a certain point when you're on the field for the entire game you're going to give up plays you're going to give up a drive here and there but that's an excellent defense the offense needs to help by giving them a breather and when you have a chance to put a team away they should have been up by three scores at the half UCF frankly blew this game they were the better team they didn't play like it though their offensive line is a serious issue going forward that's why I have to say well
1: I think Instead of talking about what UCF did wrong, I think I'd, I'm going to say a few words about Louisville, what they did right. And I have been a Malik Cunningham stand from the beginning. When I saw the game last year, I think even before.
0: Walmart bargain, Ben Lamar Jackson. I get it.
1: He's, I mean, Malik Cunningham is an athlete and we definitely yeah. saw, the problem is he doesn't always turn it on. and And that's the inconsistent play has been his issue. But when he turns it on, My God, it's beautiful. So that 43-yard little, you know, scamper from him was chef's kiss. So I got to shout out Malik Cunningham for his play. play
0: Because it looked like Louisville didn't know what formation they were supposed to be standing in, which confused UCF's defense. And then it was just a quarterback draw to the weak side. And he ran forever. And people were just like, I don't – I thought Gus should have used the timeout. What just happened? (laughs) It was just there was so much confusion. I thought Gus probably should have burned a timeout to like – organized to figure it
1: out but he
0: did yeah. and like no. you get trying to save your timeouts but and it's a hindsight's 2020 thing too uh and yeah know, still week two maybe louisville goes nine and three ten and two this year and you go oh maybe it was a maybe quarter. you know what i mean maybe the game they had just lost to syracuse who who knows what syracuse is can be the right now um maybe that ends up being a good loss for them it's, it's still so early in the year it's hard to like judge how yeah. a bad a loss like this is, but it feels bad because of how inept the offense was in this game.
1: Well, and you knew it was going to be a big game, so um, yeah. they knew yeah. that going in, so it's yeah. like you either show up or you don't,
0: but yeah, they <laughs> didn't. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Why don't we move on to Stan Drayden's first win at Temple, Yay. 30, <laughs> Temple 30, Lafayette 14. Uh, Duan Mathis benched early in the game for EJ Warner. EJ Warner looked much more effective at quarterback, in my mind. Mm. It was just Lafayette. I do. Let's reiterate who they were playing. It was a Patriot League school. It wasn't. It wasn't even Holy Cross, who's by far the best Patriot League school.
1: You're such. You're so mean. All right, they got Sandra got his first points. You guys first win. It it is what it is. I will say this. I had a conversation on the side of sideline of the game I was at with somebody who played at temple. I'm not going to say their name um, because I don't know if they would want this on the record or not, but they played in the program. They, they coached there actually for a little bit and they know it pretty well. So I was like, all right, great. Let's talk temple football because it's not often you come across mm-hmm. somebody that either a wants to talk about temple football or like knows it pretty well. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, let's get into it. Like Dwan Mathis, like he, he's the guy, right. And, and this, this guy was like, no, 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 and I was like, but you know, they gotta give him a chance because he, he stuck it out, and maybe he's good. We just didn't know last year because of all the the toxicity and the negative stuff. And he was like, no, he's just he's just really not a good quarterback. <laughs> and I probably yeah. went back and forth with him for like five minutes because I was like, no, it can't be that. It can't.
0: It's so weird to me that he was even recruited by Georgia. <laughs> Like, he's, he's, I just really, wanted
1: to believe in him so badly, I, but, like.
0: I know, but I don't think he'd be a starting quarterback at most FCS schools.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I was told. So, that is the end of my love affair with, you know, Duan Mathis, the quarterback. Obviously, Stan Drayton making the right choice there. Um, mm-hmm. He does have talent, a talented group of quarterbacks to choose from. So, why not dip into the pool? But that's the glad point to I, see.
0: Yeah, that's the point I kind of made on last week's show was. Yeah. I don't think Mathis is the guy going forward. Yes,
1: you were right. Yeah
0: scheme to figure out who like and get reps for who you want to be and let them get comfortable
1: yep you and, were right i really i just thought i just thought he we just didn't know i was like maybe he's the I, guy i wanted to know what it, you're
0: but. saying the rod carrier that he you know obviously he wasn't good enough to be the starter mm-hmm. at georgia but came into temple right rod carrier was toxic it was a really bad environment i get all those things
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: It's tough but <laughs> it, it was a tough environment to in last year but he just but he looked awful last season he looked awful against duke though in fairness if we're relitigating week one duke looked pretty good against northwestern but how good is northwestern hard to say because all they've done is beat nebraska which i don't think <laughs> is an accomplishment
2: yeah
0: i know that the helmet says it's an accomplishment but the reality doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, and two and a half sacks for temple. You did lose mm-hmm. three fumbles on offense. That's not okay. Yeah. Uh, in any game, but, uh, you know, there's still stuff to clean up. Good. First. We run. do
1: get, we do get our first I'm um, doing our players of the week for the AAC. special teams player of the week goes to Devon Fox, redshirt freshman wide receiver, receiver temple. He blocked three puns, one shy of the NCA single game record. Can you imagine if this kid from Temple had set an NCAA record in Temple's first win under it would have been
0: great. Would have been that's like a wild one to try to set too. Is the block punt
1: right? right? It's like you couldn't even try; you just had to be doing it. Two of those block punts led to touchdowns on ensuing drives, and one was recovered in the end zone for a safety. So shout out Devon Fox for that. EJ Warner, 173 yards, two touchdowns, 74% completion. Why did it take? them so long to put in kurt warner's son i
0: don't know Mm, i don't know here we
1: go this is the beginning right this is
0: yeah i mean they've got umass they're gonna roll we got umass next week no (laughs) not next week two weeks from now they got umass yeah, no, next week. Next week, you must play Stony Brook.
1: Ooh, Rutgers at Temple next week. We'll get into that. That's going to yeah. be. I literally not be just fun.
0: wrote down notes for that. or not. <laughs>
1: We're just, tired. It's, I just it's, it's my yeah,
0: fine. It's fine. I just knew that. It's uh, fine.
1: Good things for Temple on, on the horizon. Hopefully, got that first win. So hopefully, there'll be more. Next game is one I'm really upset about. And I hope it's the one you're doing next. But.
0: I was gonna do Kennesaw State 10 Cincinnati 63 next. No,
1: let's please get because Memphis. I,
0: okay, I'll do that one. Here's what I want to say. I've okay. got nothing to say about the Cincinnati blowing out in us.
1: <laughs> okay, let's yeah. Move on. Yes, let's let's say it and not say it. Well, let me just see here. We didn't have any no um actually no player of the week honors even on honor roll, which is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's got to be like a
0: Cincinnati first for them to not. It's got to be partially based on who they're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: ben Bryant, seventeen of twenty for two hundred and one yards and three touchdowns. Finally, gets yeah. to look like a quarterback. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, uh Five hundred and twenty-four yards of offense, defense scored two touchdowns. Everybody yeah. got in on yeah, the no, fun.
0: It was about kicking. I've got nothing to say about it.
1: Uh they committed zero penalties after committing 10 for 90 yards in week one. So that's,
0: that's good. That's an improvement. That's what you want to see. You want to see those tangible improvements like that. That's good. Um,
1: They extended their home winning streak to 28 games in front of a sold out crowd of 39,000.
0: Must have been tough to do
1: 6th largest crowd in Nippert history. So even though they lost, it really didn't affect people coming out. That's good.
0: Yeah. A lot of preseason excitement still. Um, Okay. And that's that. Great. Like I said.
1: Good job, Cincinnati. You beat a team you were supposed to
0: beat. I've got a few. (laughs) Last week, I'm just like, you took care of business. (laughs) Uh, But the one you want to talk about, I know, is Memphis 37, 13. Uh, Emily, I think we have to confront that Navy just stinks.
1: (laughs) I don't want to.
0: I I don't don't want to. to I've beaten the drum very hard on this Mm -hmm. podcast for Kenny and and that staff there at Navy. And I still believe that. They're good coaches. I'm also starting to in my like gut back in my head, like that little like kind of like pressing down on my spinal cord, go, but maybe it's just time to move on for everyone involved because
1: but my question okay. is how, do, like, I understand the sentiment of wanting to move on because it's not going the way it's supposed to, but if Kenny Amatololo can like, get the program where he needs to be, who are you going to bring in that will?
0: I, like so Nate, that's such a
1: unique thing.
0: All the service academies have this issue of being just incredibly niche jobs. Yeah. Um, and they're incredibly unique jobs in their own right. It's Like the type of coach who wants that job is different than the type of coach who wants say Coastal Carolina where they run a Mm -hmm. variation on the triple or Mm -hmm. say, I don't know, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the the type of coach that, or even other AAC schools, like I don't think you would catch Mike Houston at Navy in a heartbeat.
2: No. You
0: know what I mean? It's just, it's so different than what most coaches want. (laughs) It's so much harder to succeed there with any amount of longevity uh, look at Navy from the time Roger Staubach left to the time mm-hmm. Paul Johnson took over, and Paul Johnson was there only very briefly. And Ken Niematalola was his was an assistant coach on that staff, Yeah. Uh, I believe, OC for a while. If I'm, I mean, I didn't write down or double check that, but pretty confident with that off the top of my head. And took over as head coach when Johnson left from Georgia Tech, and has had more success than anyone since. Legitimately, before Roger Staubach.
1: Do you think that it's just this it's new wave of college football, like that maybe there's no place for that kind of program in
0: this new world? I think there's several factors. You
1: can't adapt or diet Navy because that's not how it works. You just can't. Yeah,
0: no, I, I agree. I think there's several factors involved right now that are really punishing mm-hmm. Navy. I think first, yeah. the cut blocking rules that are more restrictive are affecting the offense. You know, mm-hmm. you're having to learn how to run the offense and block and execute in a different way than you've done forever. That's difficult. I do think NIL and the transfer portal, transfer portal more so than NIL, to be honest with you, are hurting me mm-hmm. because they cannot take transfers in, but they can lose transfers out. And now that right. it's easier to do, it's easier to do. It's, you know, mm-hmm. to put it kind of bluntly. I don't uh, think you
1: said the score,
0: did you? 37-13. <laughs> I forgot to. Um, I can I can I remember. And yeah, and I also think, and I don't know if this is going to be something you agree with or not, I think being mm-hmm. in the American conference for football is bad for them. Interesting. I think, Do you
1: think they should go independent?
0: I think if you look at the, again, there's things that have changed over time. McKinney and Matulolo had the majority of his success as an independent. Uh, yeah. When you're an independent at Navy, you can schedule... You'll get your schedule full because people like to play the Naval Academy. It's a good, it's a slightly, yeah. game. it's a slightly, um, you know what I mean? It's just a good opponent. Yeah. It's and a feel good game. And yeah, you feel good about scheduling Navy. Yeah. Um, Which seems trite to say, but it is true. But every team in the American has more talent than you naturally yeah. by like a kind of wide margin at this point. Um, yeah you're out of conference is pretty locked into Notre Dame air force army in one school which You usually make an FCS school, which you have messed around and lost to this season.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I
0: mean? Like, but if you're independent, you can frankly have a much softer schedule to land on. Yes. And you, you still have Notre Dame army air force, depending on the year army and air force could be good or bad. Air force mm-hmm. was really good this year. Before. Um, but you could also be playing UMass and Yukon in New Mexico state. And you could schedule games in Texas and Florida and different places where you wanna make sure that you're recruiting as the Naval Academy to like go see those young men who are gonna be joining you. Um, it just, it allows you more flexibility. I think, I don't know. I think that's another factor along with all the other changing factors that have made it even tougher than it was five, six years ago. But yeah, I think yeah. It's down real bad right now. And I don't see a way it gets better. Memphis look bigger. They look faster. They look stronger. They had a lot of really big explosive plays in this game. Yeah. The thing is, I don't think Memphis is that good either.
1: I know but, you know, but what do you think? I mean, does this take a little bit of the foot off the gas pedal of the, you know, Silverfield isn't doing any he I mean, this kind of like, does that put the brakes on that a little bit?
0: No, because this is like the lower-level game. You're supposed to win. You gotta remember he inherited a team that went to the Cotton Bowl. Beating Navy shouldn't be a thought. Yeah, if you really look at well,
1: it, they they beat him handily. It wasn't it wasn't a thought. Like they they did what they were supposed to do, and Seth Hennigan had an incredible game.
0: He did huge numbers. Uh, my thing with Memphis is, if you're beating the bad teams on the schedule and losing to all the good ones, then you're an average team right and memphis wants to be more than average they want to be one of the good ones memphis wants to be up when i started this off by saying you know the three teams that we all kind of consider the favorite you know just by virtue of raw talent ucf yeah have all lost the game but it's okay because you can still win the conference i didn't say memphis even though they've lost the game too because i don't think they can still win the conference and they want to be right. operational in conversation. and right now. During that middle tier conversation. Right. That's the issue more than anything. It's if Memphis can beat SMU, if they can beat Houston, you know, if they can beat UCF this year, uh, those are the more important ones than, you know, say, Navy or Temple or even Tulane.
1: Well, Seth Hennigan finished 24 of 34 for 415 yards and two touchdowns, which earned him. Honor roll mentions for the AAC players of the week this year, and along with Quindell Johnson, senior safety, who had 13 tackles and an interception. So, I mean, it is what it is. They they took care of business, they beat who they needed to beat. Hennigan looked very competent. He threw to eight different receivers. There was like a sense of order to how Memphis was playing in this game. And I know you're gonna say, okay, it was against Navy, but At least it's happening at all. You know, it could have gone the other way.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Um, Glass that full way of looking at it, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I don't want to talk about Navy anymore, so I'm just going to talk about
0: Memphis. Yeah, if you want to look at it positively from Memphis, you looked a lot better than you did last week. I'd say that the opponents are, I think Mississippi State's a top 25 team throughout most of the season, maybe. Come yeah. November, they rack up enough losses against like Alabama's and I don't know who else I'd say in the West, maybe Arkansas. Uh, that they, they fall out. I don't know. I think they look better than A and think they look better than Ole Miss. I think <laughs> they look better than Auburn. You know, I think they look better than LSU. So I think they're gonna have a pretty good record come season's end at, at yeah. Starkville there. Um, and I think Navy's gonna have a pretty bad one. So I just. I don't know how much you can say you learned from this game or about Memphis other than they got beaten bad by a team that's better than them and they beat bad a team they're better than, which I don't know. I guess that's just holding serve.
1: I don't want to talk about it. I'm upset.
0: Let's move on. You've I'm 30, depressed. Thirty-three. <laughs> oh,
1: great. Another one.
0: <laughs> uh, Clayton, Tune looked exceedingly average to me in this game. That's my first takeaway, especially in the first half of the game.
1: Do you think Seth Hennigan looked better than Clayton Toon
0: this weekend? Yeah, but I yeah, but quality of opponent was different.
1: I'm just saying.
0: I'm just asking. Hennigan looked better than Toon this past weekend,
1: for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting turn of events. This game, man, they just can't, they can't beat Texas. Like this is like UCS Louisville. Like they just can't, they can't do it. This don't schedule them. Is-
0: <laughs> They're about to move the. That, I'm going I was gonna save this for the end, but uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet that Texas Tech dropped after the game. No, I did not. Oh, do you remember Dana's quote after beating UTSA that no Vodka Red Bull was safe in the city of San Antonio that night?
1: I heard about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, they tweeted out a picture of a crushed Red Bull can. that said, welcome to the conference and the final score. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
1: Poor uh, Dana. So Dana's little- post game press conference was. Hilarious
0: though. Okay. Dana's an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: He's polarizing for sure.
0: It's weird because I actually don't have a strong opinion of him. I just think he needs a better barber. I think that's that's,
1: that's, an opinion.
0: I I do not know if he's married or not, but he needs someone in his life and maybe a valet. He needs a valet, was what he needs. Is someone to just like keep him clean because he doesn't look like he showers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I if you said, Dana, you're going to get a normal haircut. You're going to shave every day. You can have like a good yeah. you want, but you're going to shave everything else and keep it clean. Like here's, you know, here's some deodorant. Uh, you know, just like the little things like, hey, buddy, here's some conditioner for that hair. Anything. <laughs> Anything. He'd look normal and people wouldn't have as polarizing opinions on him. But it, is, it looks like he lives in the trailer park and... Mm. He looks like he drinks.
1: I don't think he, he just doesn't care though.
0: Well, like, the thing is I think he probably spends 18, 19 hours in the football offices at Houston. Every yeah. Day. Probably doesn't shower for two, three days in a row. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he's just a crazy person about what he does and obsesses over it, which is whatever. Uh, my big concern. I
1: wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that Houston. This is what I'll say about I was watching it in the press box at my game. I wasn't, I wouldn't say they were bad, right? I think Texas Tech played better than I thought they would.
0: I thought that's the thing is, I, they started so slowly on offense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Did. That's two weeks in a row now where you've started very slow on offense. And that to me is a concern. Like, why aren't mm-hmm. you getting out faster? I think they have the talent to be getting out faster on paper, they could do but why isn't it happening? That to me is the yeah. uh Yeah. Emily. Yeah, the first
1: half was bad. Texas, I will say that. You're
0: right. Texas Tech ran 103 plays in this game. 103. Wow. I mean, Houston ran 68, which is a pretty big number of plays, but 103 is insane. Tech yeah. Tech controlled the ball. I, I think that the Houston secondary looked very good. I think Derek Parrish on the defensive line for Houston was Domin, he had four sacks. Okay.
1: Yes, he he actually his that's funny you mentioned him, he's defensive player of the week for the American. Absolutely. And the sacks that he he actually had four and a half sacks.
0: Oh, that's so, not really on the box score that I was looking at.
1: Well, apparently it was four and a half, and that actually set the record for SC, for the AAC. Um, so now he holds it. It was previously four, which was set by ECU Monteese Overton in 2015 and smu's justin lawler in 2017 so he set that new record for sacks he also set the record for tackles for loss with six and a half previously it was six set by temples quincy roche in 2019
0: so yeah hey good job Derek Parrish. yeah great great game for him like i said great game for the secondary uh yeah. 33 points this was an overtime game that number's inflated you know Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a good defensive performance. It was a really bad offensive one where they were slow to start up again. I think you need to figure out going forward for Houston. You have the talent to have a really great season. You have the talent still to go to a New Year Six. Well, I know I just earlier said the Sun Belt, I think, has the inside track now. But mm-hmm. 11-1 and 12-1 and with the conference championship as Houston, you know, that's a good shot at a New Year Six game.
1: Mm-hmm. They just have to be perfect, though. So it's again, yeah, it's like
0: all, the problem is that this point yeah. you backed yourself into a corner. Yep. I think it's because you're starting so slow on offense, and that's. not... I
1: will say that though about about Holgerson is like he does like to play backed into a corner like that. Like we saw it last year when they lost the same game, and they had to go through the rest of the season to just make it to the you know championship, and they and they did,
0: they did. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, about, you know, I I picked it. Houston to win the AAC coming into this year, so I'm not (laughs) too quickly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Like I said, the other two teams that I had as the clear top three in my mind, both have losses too. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm not backing off anything and I'm not ready to elevate SMU just yet. Yep, that's Uh, fair. So, oh, tough one. Yeah. No way around it. Uh, Speaking of SMU, we're going to go super quick. SMU 45, Lamar 16. I have, again, just like this insane game, not much to say. You took care of business. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Maybe you should be in the by more, but, <laughs> but who didn't care, really. It's a-
1: Mordecai looked good. Three touchdown passes, um, yeah. 18 to 31, 212 yards. Rashi Rice was on a roll mentioned, senior wide receiver, um made an incredible over-the-shoulder catch. I don't know yep. if you saw that it was yeah, just beautiful. Real, so real nice he had a good he had a good game. SMU is turning out to be everything that we thought they would and like all of the good and none of the bad yet.
0: So I think that part of that strength of schedule to be honest with you.
1: Um, yeah, but they'll have to come up against TCU in two weeks, so we'll know Maryland. for sure.
0: They got Maryland this week, so we'll, we'll yes. talk about that game in a little bit, but uh, we'll learn a lot about them, I think, next week. Yes, we will. I don't think North Texas or Lamar have the manpower to force us to learn, <laughs> I guess is the way that – that's a poorly way to phrase it, but uh, – Yeah. Yeah, I –
1: I gotta say, I love seeing TJ McDaniel um, score a touchdown. You know, he sat out last year due to injury, so this was his first, you know, mm-hmm. score of since 2020. So that was exciting. I love when you see guys come back like that and and do well. So that was awesome. But yeah, unfortunate uh, for Lamar, but not 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 today. But they didn't Cardinals.
0: Lamar didn't think anything would happen there, other than they got a paycheck. No. So, yeah, that's true. That's fair.
1: Yeah. Everybody wins.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, well honestly, that game probably covers their head coach and assistant coach salary pool for the year. <laughs> so people don't like to talk about, but that's why those FCS games matter.
1: No, it's it's yeah. It's people, it's true. People know.
0: Just, you know, oh.
1: it is what it is. You need money.
0: Speaking of FCS versus FPS games, Howard 20, uh. USF 42. And it was much closer than that. That is USF putting on scoring a couple times late to make it look better. Uh, yeah. Incredibly, incredibly slow start from the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was twenty-one to fourteen. USF had the lead very late in the third quarter. Um, you know, Howard had the lead after the first quarter. It was. I'm yeah, it's just embarrassing that you let them hang around like that, and you looked unprepared again. It looked yeah. like you were and I
1: don't know what's going on with these first half starts, but they they slow that's, first halves. But it's
0: I hate to say it, but that's coaching. That's you not think? I think that's if you're starting slow in the first half, you're not prepared for the game. Interesting. You know I mean? you're either not focused on what you're doing, or your initial game plan is incorrect in some way. All right.
1: I mean, I guess. I I wonder how much and is Howard that is and how so much talented.
0: is... there Howard's like as talented as you are in the first half of this game, and I don't think that's true.
1: I just, I think it's also about rhythm. I mean, it's about... BYU
0: like 50 points better than them, but they made BYU look 50 points better than them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't
1: even get me started on the BYU-Baylor game. I cannot. I cannot with BYU. Get out of here.
0: Uh, what do I know their name looks? They might be in Oregon look. <laughs> They might be around for a while this year. <laughs> Those were like Baylor, Notre Dame, Oregon. I was like, they're going to lose like three or four games. And now I'm like, well, Notre Dame looks like crap. And mm. now Buckner's out for the year. And oh, yeah, like that crap. was crazy. Yeah.
1: Shout out, Marshall. Yeah. That was incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to cut into the uh, CUSA uh, guys turf, but <laughs> Marshall Belt Now, Jesus.
1: Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's so weird.
0: <laughs> not, the, uh, not to get into the sunball geister.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, no, great one for Marshall at Notre Dame. Notre Dame looked like, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say Notre Dame looked like crap, even though they did, because I think that's rude to Marshall, who went in there and looked like the better team. Yeah. Anyways, not what we're talking about now. Uh, no,
1: I mean, there's not really much else to say about USF. I mean, they they won the game. So, at the, yes, it's um, not a great start. It's too slow. It's you can't go 18 minutes without scoring. You just especially against an opponent like that. F- that's yes, ridiculous. You
0: cannot play like that. You just can't. No. Uh, they're going to get their teeth kicked in next week, too. That's the <laughs> thing that part that sucks about it, is they play in Florida next week. And they're they have to go to the swamp and they're gonna get their teeth kicked in by a Florida team. We'll see. We'll see. They're gonna get their teeth kicked in. We'll see. Why? If you can't blow out Howard, you can't win in the swamp. In fact, if you can't blow out Howard, you can't go into the swamp and do anything right. It's gonna be embarrassing. It's gonna be. No, violent. I don't.
1: I I don't know. I, I don't feel confident enough about college football in general to make proclamations like that right now.
0: I think Anthony Richardson, while he didn't look great against Kentucky because they were more talented on defense than Florida was on offense overall. I think there's no one on USF who can slow him down. And if he goes into the open field, there's no one who can tackle him. I think he's got okay, well
1: you also wouldn't have guessed that Marshall would have beaten Notre Dame. So Well no Is your things have happened, but
0: you yeah, know I it, think Marshall beating Notre Dame is way less crazy than USF beating an SEC school. I, I, I guess think Vanderbilt we shall see USF.
1: We shall see. I don't know. I I'm not giving up on USF yet. Uh, I I didn't, I don't love that. They start these games so slow, but they do fight their way back in. Um, They have really good second halves, which I don't know what he says to them in the locker room, but they, they come back and play pretty well. They, they just need to get their shit together early. So we'll see. Have you seen Monty Python and the Holy grail? No, I despise that. I actually despise that. Yeah. Please do not reference it on this podcast because I will get
0: really uh, upset. You know the Black Knight scene in Holy Grail where he has his arms cut off and he's got a leg cut off. Are you
1: asking me about a movie I just told you I haven't seen?
0: Yeah, no, I'm continuing on. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't really know how I'm going to respond to that. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, there's a scene in the movie Mm -hmm. where King Arthur is fighting the Black Knight. Okay. And he cuts off. Who's the Black Knight? Just some guy. Uh, doesn't matter. If we're we're gonna in this. Metaphor, well, I'm
1: gonna have to ask questions because I haven't seen the movie. So, when you reference things that people don't know about, they're gonna ask questions.
0: Well, I'm explaining yep. the scene, it doesn't matter who the Black Knight is. <laughs> well, thing,
1: I want to know
0: it's a metaphor for USF. Uh, USF is the Black Knight, and okay. he cuts off his right arm and mm-hmm. his left arm, but the Black Knight keeps fighting, but he's got no arms, so he cuts off his one leg and then he's hopping around and. What are you gonna do, bleed I mean, Yeah, you're not giving up, but you've got no freaking limbs because you're so bad at first.
1: That's sounds all. like the guy who cut off his limbs is kind of a dick.
0: Can you watch that? Well, you know what? I think you should just. Watch it sounds
1: the- like he it sounds. I'm never gonna watch the movie. So, I. Um. Anyways, let's move on. So USF wins. They have a Tefro test next week. Blah blah blah. What's our blah, next game? Blah, blah.
0: Old Dominion twenty one, ECU thirty nine.
1: Ah, okay. I, I never know what order you're going to go in, so
0: I. I use FBS schedule. I know. <laughs> I I... FBS schedules for the week. I, I never ever. So didn't really look just at that. To write them all down from. So it's on record. That's the order. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I know you've said that, but I don't like who. Why am I going to go all the way to the FBS website when I could just look at the ESPN scores on my phone? All
0: right, you what mean? better. That's just me.
1: Fair enough.
0: Uh, anyways, Keaton Mitchell. Mm. Insane game from him. Really. Yes. Played, like That 81-yard touchdown run, couple, couple scores overall. Really, really liked what I saw from the Ryan backs. Uh, Raja Harris, too, from ECU. Uh, in this game, really tough nose. Played downhill the whole game on offense. Really like mm-hmm. that. Good emotion, good energy coming out of a tough loss. That's my first part. Right. Second part. I like the defense. I think it's really good. A really good defense. I know old Dominion scored a couple times, but for the most part, they controlled this game from start to finish. I thought it was a really good overall performance.
1: Yeah. Well, Dominion did better than I, I mean, I thought they were going to do okay, but I was,
0: yeah.
1: Right. I was, I was happy. They hung around a little bit, but I'm glad that ECU took care of business. Um, you mentioned Keen Mitchell. I, I, I absolutely have always been on the Keith Mitchell train
0: from the second. I 100
1: percent wish I could have put him on my Doak Walker ballot, but there was no write in option. So could not do so. Um, But I would have guaranteed he had uh, 160 yards on 18 carries, um, which doesn't seem like I, I get this. You go look at his stat line. You know, like, let's say you didn't watch the game, right? And you're like, oh, I want to go see how these people did. So I I go look at this, 18 yards, 160 yards, 18 carries, average 8.9 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Okay, but that 81-yard run, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, that's a massive stat line if it was legitimately 8.5 or whatever yards a carry. Like, that's a huge <laughs> yeah. running back. But that 81-yard <laughs> run was inc- – It
1: was the 81-yard run, but it was incredible. It was just like – you you saw everything about him that we've been trying to tell people, like his speed, his athleticism, like his vision. He's just – he's incredible. So that was really fun. And I was excited to see, you know, to see them get a definitive victory. It feels good.
0: You know, I think it was a clean game from the offense. You weren't mm-hmm. seeing turnovers. You weren't seeing the mistakes that they sometimes yes. have coming from the quarterback position, uh yes. it was clean and that's what you need to beat your ECU and you're trying to do something a little bit special, make a run this year. Do
1: we like ECU as like a dark horse yeah,
0: absolutely. champion? Absolutely. Because I'm I mean UCF looks very vulnerable because it, it's special teams and offensive line play mm-hmm. to me. Uh Houston to me seems a little bit vulnerable because of how slow their starts have been. You know, you start slow you're against the wrong team, you can't catch up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Cincinnati, I'm not convinced about the quarterback situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the defense is still elite lead at Cincinnati. I should say that. That's a that's yeah. really, really good defense still, uh, even with all the turnover. But the offense, question mark city. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. SMU and ECU especially, though I'm. it's still so early in the year that other teams definitely have a shot too. I think are definitely teams that I'm looking at, like saying, yeah, they definitely have that dark horse potential to at least play in the AC championship game. Or, you know,
1: it's going to be fun. Come game 11,
0: come game 12, they're playing really meaningful games. You know,
1: it's going to be fun to watch for sure. That's why I'm like, all right, let's get through the first like five, six weeks and then have some fun with it. You
0: know, the the sample sizes are so small right now. Like I was saying, right, I was talking about the UCF Louisville game. We don't know. Maybe Louisville turns out to be a great team this year. Maybe, and it's a pretty good loss. Probably not, but maybe. So yeah, but maybe they turn out to be two and ten. You're going. How did you see mm-hmm. that team? You, you just don't know. Exactly. It's too early to know for sure what everyone looks like. We have our suspicions. Who knows? Uh, but I think ECU's in a really good place moving Yes, goal. agreed. Frankly, they should be two and zero uh, with a loss by one. Anyways, do you have anything else to add on that one? Nope,
1: that's it. All
0: right. Want well, to be super quick about this next one with me, <laughs> Alcorn yeah. zero, Tulane? <laughs> yeah. My official stance is still, wait and see how how good Tulane is. This <laughs> year. Find out next this next Saturday. We'll find out how good they are this year because UMass and Alcorn State neither one of them put up any sort of resistance.
1: I I mean this even less so
0: zero points. Hey. That's insane. Well, it should be seen as their FCS in the U.S. is FBS, even if it's just... Technical. I guess,
1: but I always feel like someone at least gets like a, a field goal, you know, like gets on the board. That's, it's always crazy to me yeah, when people score or
0: none top. points. Well, look, Kansas State scored 10. You know what I mean? Like it's... Yeah. It's really tough to shut out a team. So that, yeah, credits, two lanes, all the whole team for it because, you know, mm-hmm. punter shakes a punt or gets something blocked or your quarterback turns the ball over and sometimes the defense gives up points just because like someone else put them in a bad position or, you know, a pick six, kick, return, touchdown, things happen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the whole team deserves credit, but especially the defense, obviously for the shutout. Uh, I just, I, again, I just don't know what you can really take away other than they did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business. Let's see what they look like against Kansas state. Yeah. You know. I
1: will say they came in the the um I believe their mascot is what is Alcorn State's mascot? The uh, uh, hold on. Uh, oh I'll see. Uh, the Braves. The, <clears throat> the Braves. Okay. So they started like in the in the very beginning, I thought, oh, okay, maybe they'll put up a fight because they did get to Pratt on his backside, I forget, you know, which guy was a linebacker on Alcorn state and they forced a fumble. Right. But then they mm-hmm. missed the field goal. And in that moment, I was like, okay, this, this isn't mm-hmm. going anywhere, but to my point about Michael Pratt, like, you know, what are you doing? Taking blind, like backside hits like that and fumbling the
0: football, like yeah, you shouldn't I mean, be
1: doing that against teams like this.
0: Well, I guess, Hey, left tackle. Whose name I don't know for too long. <laughs> what are you doing, letting the guy?
1: Yeah, come what in? are you doing? That's fair. You know, that's it's both of them. It's, it's both of them.
0: And again, that's the you can make that point about all these different teams when the quarterbacks are getting hit and when they're rushing mm-hmm. balls out are inaccurate. It's kind of almost like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Are they inaccurate and in getting hit because they've got no time? Or are they inaccurate and mm-hmm. in getting hit because they are nervous in the pocket and don't know where to go with the ball? You know what I mean?
1: Right. see, this was my issue with Pratt though, is like, and I'm waiting for the moment where he makes, you know, where he's more aware of sometimes of his surroundings. Cause like, I feel there's sometimes where he tries to force things or he's not ready. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I can't, I can't quite call him elite yet. You know, even though no. he, he is putting up mm-hmm. yards,
0: he's, he's connecting. A good quarterback in this he's time. a good, right. It's a historic turnover issue that we've talked about mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I don't, My opinion on Michael Pratt has not been changed one bit by the first two games. And that's all I've been trying to say. You've played nobody. You know what I mean? You got your confidence up. You should have every feel for the offense. Now you've had live game marks against two different teams, but they were nobodies. You know, Alcorn state is not going to be a big factor in FCS football this year. They're not going to go to the uh, independence bowl. They're or not the Independence Bowl, to the Celebration Bowl. Uh, they're not going to the Celebration Bowl. You know, what I mean, they're just not. Yeah, they're the, a team capable of getting there. Uh, right. UMass can be lucky to beat Stony Brook next week. You know, what I mean, like that's what you're looking at as an opponent. I don't know why. I, I just don't <laughs> take anything away from those wins. Well.
1: Yeah. There's not much to take away. I mean, I'm glad they beat up on a team they should beat up on. That's good, but...
0: Yeah, if you let them, hey, say, have the lead at the end of the first quarter and have a 21-14 game late in the third, then you might learn something about yourself. But you did what you're supposed to do, and Mm -hmm. you did very well overall. So good for Tulane. And Yes, good for Tulane. Uh, We've got one more game to recap. and Mm -hmm. It's Northern Illinois 35, Tulsa 38. (laughs) And I want your initial thoughts on this because... (laughs) I twisted my arm into taking northern oh Illinois.
1: my god Dan yeah. is saying that I bullied him into taking northern pure Illinois
0: pressure. pure peer pressure uh and there was 24-7 Tulsa was the end of the half I was mad at you then I kind of flipped around I was watching different games I look up and it's like 35-31 northern Illinois I'm like yeah
2: I'm
0: see just god damn it Tulsa <laughs> it
1: I know I was, but that's I that's, that's up, the problem
0: ended up winning the game but like Man, I've got concerns about this defense for Tulsa the way that I haven't had in the past few seasons. Yes, I agree with you on that. I thought of that. Like, I think I've said this before in the trenches on either side of the ball and defensively strong was the calling card for Tulsa. Mm -hmm. It's done such a 180 to this being like it air it out throw. All yeah, over. offense yeah.
1: heavy team. Mm-hmm.
0: And not just offense heavy but pass heavy. They don't yeah. like they No, do they that. don't.
1: Well, they don't have a guy like Shamari Brooks or anybody like that
0: this the year. Offense or so. too for once yeah. Year. Um, well,
1: I mean, Davis Brin career high, four last touchdown last passes 19 for 32, 322 yards winning offensive Keelan player Stokes. of the week honors.
0: Keelan mm-hmm. Stokes has been massive too. Massive. Yes. They get more than 150 yards in each game. It's
1: crazy because Bryn now leads the nation in like, um, I was reading mm-hmm. in their game notes. He, le- he now leads the FBS in yards per game or something like that. And then Stokes is second in the nation in a specific category as well. So they're like one and two, which is kind of neat.
0: We have more yards than him.
1: Uh, I'll tell you right now because I pulled the notes up. Cause I thought it was so interesting. Um,
0: I'm just like off the top of my head, he has so many. uh... I
1: know. Uh, Here we go. Okay, so after two weeks, Bryn averaged 300, he almost averaged 400 yards. I mean, it's two weeks, but, you know, so now he's leading the FBS in passing yards per game. And then Stokes put up back-to-back 100-yard receiving games um, with a total of 304 yards in the first two games. His 152-yard average per game ranks second nationally behind Old Dominion's Ali Jennings, who has 161 yards in two contests. So, there you go.
0: Uh, For what's worth, Davis wins on pace for 4,700 yards and 42 touchdowns this year. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't Vegas know. Biggest
1: sprint is good. It's just it's not. Yes. good. I don't think it's well, going to matter. I told you, know? you I like,
0: Brent this offseason, yeah. Except as long as he could get the turnovers under control, and so far he mostly has. you know, he had basically a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio last year. Yeah. Which, yeah, But you could see like the sparks of where there is talent. Yeah, watched him play, and we're seeing all that come out now. But I feel like you now it makes Tulsa it incredibly difficult for me to understand. Because they're just so mm-hmm. different from one year to the next, you know what I mean?
1: Yes, they and are like a the chameleon; record, they
0: change. And the record could be exactly the same, you know, six and six, seven and six with a bowl win. It could, but be, it wasn't won the
1: same way each year. Exactly. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. so weird how like it they can weird. be more or less the same team record-wise, but so different year in year out. It's,
1: I like it. it. I find them intriguing, so I, that's why yeah, I, I I like.
0: I like them. It's an incredibly interesting program when you dive into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the size of the school, the location of the school, uh, what the challenges Philip Montgomery just faces every day with that. That's, I think we've had this conversation outside of maybe it's probably the toughest job in the conference, maybe two lanes harder. You know what I mean? It's, it's not an easy place to win. So give Philip Montgomery credit every time he wins. Uh, Last week for our records in the picks, we both went seven and three. We got there different ways. Uh, puts me at 16 and five overall. You're at 12 and nine. So good week for us, I'd say.
1: Yeah, not bad. I didn't take a lot of risks this week. So it was, no, it I, was another
0: week. I hate to say it, but that might be the better way to do it for you.
1: No, it's not as fun though. Okay, well. I honestly didn't feel as invested in any of the games because <laughs> I didn't have much skin in it. I was like, oh, I'm just picking all these teams that well, are supposed to win. I will say the, that I picked Houston against my better judgment because I there was a part of me that thought Texas Tech would do exactly that. Um, same with Louisville. I wanted to pick Louisville over UCF, but I was like, no, Emily, be smart. UCF's at home. So they play well at home.
0: UCF should have won that game. That was the right. Yeah, like, game but interest. I had
1: this, I had this feeling that that was going to happen because I just get these feelings sometimes. So I might be a little riskier with our preview this week. We'll see.
0: Interesting. I cannot wait to hear you justify picking the bulls over the Gators. <laughs> I'm not, not feeling that risky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go every game's on Saturday this week, which would be nice.
1: I love watch. that because I'm, I, I can just watch them all. Like sometimes whether Thursday, Friday, like I forget and I won't tune in until you text me and I'm like, shit.
0: So I like that they're on You travel a lot more during the season Mm -hmm. to go to games than I do, which it's just a different way of watching them. Uh, It's hard. I'm going to be at one of my better friends from college's wedding this Saturday.
1: You're going to, I'm going to a wedding this weekend too. That's funny.
0: I have to go, I'm flying to Boston and driving to Northern Maine. So Hmm. Catch me with the travel that's, all day Friday.
1: That's, yeah, that's a long. I'm just going two hours away to this place called Murphy's. It's like, I don't yeah. even know how to explain where it is. It's out in the woods in California. So, yeah,
2: yeah I I'll love- tell
1: you this. Uh, this is not a hot take. Actually, this is a hot take. Ready? I hate weddings. I don't like going to weddings.
0: Oh, see, I disagree.
1: I know most people, especially people, young people, they love going to weddings because they get to dress up and get drunk and see, see their friends, but I'm not like old or anything. I just, and it's not because I'm old that I don't like weddings. I have, I've never liked weddings. Like even in my early twenties and I went to all my friends' weddings, I, this is why, and I'll tell you, I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night in the car, because now this will be the second wedding I'm going to with him in our relationship with one of his friends. And I had to be like, babe, look. I don't like going to weddings because every time I go, prior to the last one I went to, every time I will black out and do something just ridiculous, and it's not ever fun. Like I just don't have fun. Yeah. I I make What's some it? sort That's of scene.
0: Mistake. That's a mistake. I,
1: I make some sort of scene, and then my sister the next day has to be like, Jesus. Yeah. So I've not yeah. figured out how to successfully attend a wedding and have a good time.
0: I so fully expect to be getting. Be in a bad place by Saturday night. (laughs) Someone's gonna have to take away my phone, so I'm not tweeting.
1: Oh no! Yeah, see that I learned that one early. Like, yeah, no. Delete the app if you have
0: to. I'm gonna be like (laughs) looking up the UCF FAU score. If it's not like 49 to 10, I'm gonna be like, what?
1: Well, that's an interesting segue because UCF plays at FAU, and I part. I know UCF is favored by nine and a half last time I checked. FAU's two and one, and have looked cohesive.
0: One of
1: those UCF, UCF. is one and one, has looked less so. Is there a small chance FAU beats them? Is there a small chance?
0: Absolutely, there's a small bigger
1: than small, bigger than small. Medium-sized no. chance.
0: No, not to me. No. Okay. So small chance. Uh, there, there's, a cool. huge, there's a huge, huge talent gap between these two teams. Okay. I mean, like, I know that UCF has issues in special teams and on the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the raw talent, I'm not going to say that you look at the 247 talent composite ratings because, you know, I'm wearing an on 3 shirt right now. Oh, my
1: God. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, he is. Confirmed. Uh <laughs>
0: Hey, we got a whole swag bundle. Go, go ahead. So go off. So, go laundry. off, King. So it's laundry day, and I'm wearing <laughs> on three shirts. And you know what? It's comfortable. Uh, anyway.
1: Give us a breakdown here, because I don't – give me a reason to not pick FAU here, because,
0: because I want Every single to. wide receiver on UCF, every single Ryan Beck, uh, John mm-hmm. Plumley, Plumlee, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. basically everyone on the defense are all – sec or acc talented players now some of them are transfers from those schools some of them could play at those schools if they felt like it but the entire team is power five talent now that's mm-hmm. not to say ucf doesn't have issues at places like i said they do mm-hmm. but it's raw talent wise ucf is power five fau is still conference usa in terms of its talent level
1: okay so okay i get
0: what you're saying uh, but then, that
1: doesn't always mean that the team with the better talent, you know, pool of wins. Not.
0: Of course not. There's way more factors than that. Uh, here's yeah. another one for you, and Kevin will appreciate this. Uh, the FA and FAU yeah. for the AC for the website. if, the, uh, if you don't read his stuff,
1: Kevin's awesome.
0: Yes, mm. mm-hmm. the crowd sucks. Mm-hmm. FAU crowd suck. People don't show up to their games. Okay. Crowd's But but to be fair, UCF
1: played in front of their fans this last this week, and that didn't matter. So
0: yeah, that's <laughs> fair. I don't
1: know if crowd matters at this point because I don't know right. who this UCF team is. <laughs>
0: I think this UCF team is still a work in progress, certainly. But yes. I think you have to look at who you mentioned. FAU's got two and one record. Yes, who they played though. They beat Southeastern Louisiana and they beat Charlotte, who is one of the worst teams.
1: Yeah, weirdly surprising that Charlotte is this bad. Like,
0: and what a year to be this bad! Right before yeah. you transition to the American. Not great. That it game was, versus
1: Maryland was tough.
0: It was. Ugly. Couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah. Uh, and you beat Ohio, or sorry, uh-huh. you lost. You lost to Ohio, who I don't think very highly of, frankly. Interesting. You know, they're just. I think they're a lower tier max school right now. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'm just not. Sorry, I'm. I even look at the schedule. Yeah, you lost to Ohio. Sorry, I'm. No States, tripping over my own tongue. So I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm not entirely impressed with FAU. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. The same thing I was just saying about Tulane. I don't think that they've played enough games for me to like. No, yeah. And that's the tricky thing is I just don't think they've played anyone with a pulse. And they lost one of those teams I don't think has much of a pulse. So that's where I'm coming from.
1: So Um, you're picking UCF.
0: Yeah, and we're going way out of order for my list right now, by the way. I'm sorry. I had to start with that game. Just sorry. No, it was an easy transition point, 100%. Um, but yeah. UCF okay. Wins by a few scores. Uh,
1: okay, I'm gonna go UCF. I said too. I'm gonna
0: last week too, but whatever. I know
1: I'm yeah. gonna go UCF, but I want everyone to know that in my heart, I want to pick FAU, but I'm trying to be trying to be more responsible this season with my and only pick some crazy ones if I really like feel strongly. I don't <laughs> feel strongly enough about.
0: Really oh Power. It
1: is kind of cowardly, but, but I also don't yeah, want to lose
0: so bad this year. So to be honest, I think Willie Tiger, it's another thing that turns me off about FAU. right?
1: Yeah. Now. I don't love Willie Tiger. So that's what I have a hard time getting behind he, that. He,
0: so he, he was great at USF and he was great at Western Kentucky. And since then I've, he's had mediocre at best offense. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you think that uh, there's a quarterback, running back combo there at USF that maybe made him just saying, I don't have to name them. Everyone knows who they are. Uh, All right, what's first in your order here? I got Cincinnati at Miami of Ohio. Uh, It's technically a neutral site game going to be played at what was formerly Paul Brown Stadium, where the Bengals played. They gave it a sponsor this year. I can't think of who it was was off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, son took his father's name off the building and threw in a sponsorship. That's hilarious. Uh, Probably some insurance company or something like that. Not important. (laughs) <laughs> this is a rivalry that I think gets often overlooked for different rivalries, but yes. really, really great uh rivalry, interconference rivalry. Uh worth checking out, Miami usually keeps us very close, but doesn't have the talent to keep up with Cincinnati as a rule. Okay.
1: Big question though. Do you think that the that the um oh yes, my god I do. I do. <laughs> Do you think that the neutral site, this is what I'm going to ask, is going to mess with Cincinnati, who likes to play games like that at home? Or do you think their fans are still going to, it's still going to be like a home game?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I don't know why they're playing it at the stadium off the top. Yeah, the
1: I don't top. know either.
0: If I have to take a guess, is they're expecting a big crowd in Miami of Ohio Stadium can't hold as many people as they want to pack in for this game. If I had to take mm. a guess. Um, so you move it to paul brown where it's not another cincinnati home game per se but you get more Mm -hmm. crowd in there for better ticket sales which is important to a school like miami of ohio that's my guess i could be completely wrong if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. i'm wrong uh but no i think you treat it like a regular road game where you don't have to travel that far which is what it would have been if it was at miami of ohio anyways and if it was at Miami of Ohio anyways, I bet there would have been a ton of Cincinnati fans there. So I don't think you treated all that that differently in a regular okay. game. Plus, it's not like if you're Cincy, you've never played in a NFL stadium before. You've got Temple and USF in conference. So it's not going yeah. like, to talking of the NFL stadium, you know? You just played – And what were they playing last year? Was that Jerry World where their playoff game was?
1: Uh, yeah, the Alabama. Yep, yeah. yep. That was it, and I was at that game. It was
0: crazy. Yeah. So yeah, this. this I is, love Jerry you know, World. Coach. Yeah. Oh, it's a palace. Um, it's incredible. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this is a team that won't be like intimidated by the venue. I think. I don't think you treat it differently than a regular away game.
1: Okay. Well, there you go then. Um, Plus, this is
0: incredibly well coached. And that's not a shot at how you know Miami will coached. They're fine. Um,
1: Last time the Redhawks pulled off a win in this rivalry was in two thousand five.
0: I was going to say it's been a while. I know. Yeah, it's uh, two thousand five. Would that have been Mike D'Antonio coaching Cincinnati? It's
1: a really good question. I don't know.
0: I think it might. Not, have a, been not
1: a big, not a big, not uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati like history well, history person. But if you look at, um, the, yeah,
0: basically all their coaches other than <laughs> the esteemed Senator Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> have uh, been successful at Cincinnati yeah it was, it was, oh, well, it was mm-hmm. like the second season
1: you were right good job
0: look at that a little Cincinnati historian
1: <laughs> I think uh, what I like about Miami Ohio is their defense so I guess if I'm going to pick a reason why they might hang in
0: I'll make a slide fest kind of deal is that
1: what you're saying. Yeah, they got I mean they have 10 starters that return. They're pretty deep at a lot of the positions and their linebackers are good, good decent. It's hard to tell again, but so maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Miami is favored by 21. I mean, I'm sorry. Cincinnati's favored by 21 and a half points, so can't be that
0: great, I guess. I mean, that's the MAC team versus someone coming off a playoff. That's what that is. Yeah. I got Cincinnati. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I will take Cincinnati, of course. You sound
0: really disappointed.
1: No, I just, I hate just just picking the, you know. Yeah, I don't like it. I like to cause some chaos, but there's. I know
0: who you're picking in this next one, so it's fine because you're going to be picking an upset. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> you can't pick. I know you hate,
1: I Rutgers. hate Rutgers with a
0: passion. You love Stan Drayden. So I do I, love Stan Drayden. So I fully expect you to pick Temple, even though Rutgers is the obvious smart pick.
1: Rutgers is favored by 17 and a half, and they are a Big Ten team.
0: They're a Big Ten team. They don't have like Ohio State Michigan talent. But no, they're, they're, big, 10
1: they're talent. 2-0. They haven't and lost yet, so... Yeah.
0: But to my point, they do have Big Ten talent, rather than mm-hmm. whatever we want to call it, Temple's roster right now. Which is, <laughs> like I said, it's not Drayden's fault, but the roster just is in turnover. It's just a mess. There, mm-hmm. it's a roster that's frankly in hell. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just a couple years to dig out of if you're Temple, and I. Yeah, and Greg Shannon has been back at Records for a couple years already, digging out from the turmoil he inherited. You know what I mean? So it's just a slightly more stable program with access to more resources and talent. Yes,
1: yes. Yes. Uh, But I will say this. I don't think Rutgers, all the commentary people are like, oh, program on the rise. You know, they went into Boston College and and beat them and that should turn some heads. This year. Yeah, I was like, everyone needs to calm down. Rutgers is an okay football team. They play in the Big Ten. Embarrassing. Now they, they, they put 66 up on Wagner. Okay. Good for you. Um,
0: yeah. That game means nothing. I've said this before. Yeah, You did what you were supposed to do. It means absolutely nothing to me.
1: But that being said, I, Temple's just not there yet. I do think they showed a lot of, of good signs of life in, in the game against Lafayette, but you're right. It's not a good opponent. So it, it's tough to say, I mean, this is going to be brutally honest for Temple And I don't think it goes well, unfortunately, although I do love EJ Warner. I think I think he's going to be good at the
0: helm. Like you said, college football is great because you never know what's going to happen.
1: You don't know. You don't know who's going to have a day or who's not. And that's very fair. But the way Rutgers plays, it's very rough and tumble. It's very smash you in the mouth. But that, that Big Ten style football doesn't really match up well. It's not that this Temple team isn't tough. It's just they're just not there yet. You know, so. I think that's going to knock them back on their heels a bit. So I am actually going to pick Rutgers, and it makes me want to throw up doing so. But
0: Yeah, I'm on Rutgers as well. It's just the smart yeah. pick at this point. Uh, yep. Catch me in two years, though, if, with the same matchup, and I might feel very different. All right. Let's see. We'll see. We'll see in a couple of years. Uh, this next game, I have circled as maybe the most interesting conference game this week. I don't know if you're going to feel similarly or not. But it's oh. Tulane at Kansas State. Tulane, at can. Uh, interesting. A couple of reasons why I think it's so interesting. First off, like I said, I have felt very strongly that we can learn absolutely nothing about Tulane from its two homelands over mediocre <laughs> two dog crap opponents, right? Like, <laughs> okay. let's be honest, that's what they've played so far, and they've done it at home. Now you're on the road to a Big Twelve team that looks really fun and good, frankly. fun mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is an excellent running back. Adrian Martinez looks revitalized in a new offensive system that takes advantage of his skill set and doesn't put him in positions he's not capable of succeeding in. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, this is a good Kansas State team that a lot of people think has a shot to make a run at the Big 12 championship. Can you, as Tulane come in and upset them, can you come in and give them a good scare even if it is just a good scare what does that look like because this is a game that last season i know taking out the oklahoma game because that was the anomaly last year but this is the type of team last year that would have run two lane out the building
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i don't yes want that to keep happening to two lane i'm no we've both on this podcast been two lane fanboys fangirls whatever you want to call it
1: yeah you know,
0: supporters like, this is a program that we like we do. We want to see them do well. Exactly, and it's just a very interesting opponent who I think is tough. And yeah, that's where I'm at.
1: I will say this: it's very interesting. I'm looking at you know obviously Kansas State beating South Dakota 34-0 in week one, and then putting up 40 on Missouri last week. So they yeah. are sitting at two and zero.
0: They beat Missouri into the ground. Yeah, like if you Missouri only scored all points. Game, it was yeah. all three phases beat down.
1: You, it, they have allowed zero touchdowns from the passing game yeah. so far through two weeks. That's pretty interesting yeah. when you're going up against a team like Tulane, who's averaging 47 points per game right now uh, with 927 total <laughs> yards,
0: which is why I'm saying five like, passing
1: touchdowns, which so. is why
0: I'm saying it's so interesting because this is going to be that moment. Yeah. Where you think, are we as good as our record in Stats say we are. Right. Is that a product of the schedule? So, to me, it's a very interesting game. I do think Kansas State ultimately wins it. I think Tulane keeps it close for about two and a half, three quarters, and Kansas State holds it. I actually
1: don't even think it's going to be that close. So, Kansas State's favored by 16.
0: I think that's a wide margin, to be honest with you. I think Tulane can.
1: I think it's going to be a two score game. I think Kansas State wins by two score.
0: I could Literally. see like I can see like thirty-one twenty-one or something like that. I can't see a seventeen-point game. That's just me. Um, I mean, i just I can't see it because it's very possible that anything. It can, could happen. <laughs> everything's possible, but like yes, who knows? Um, so we're both. So I'm on, picking
1: K-State.
0: I was gonna say, so we're both on Kansas State then.
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Kansas at Houston. The Cougars are getting their home opener finally. Oh, boy. yes. It's a 2-0 Lance pulled kansas team coming off a big conference win for the uh, Jayhawks. hmm Now – Rock Chalk. Jayhawk. Um, <laughs> they're still Kansas, but they might not be <laughs> yes. at Kansas. Like, they might not be Kansas the way you think of Kansas when I say they're still Kansas. I think they're a lot more competent. I think they've got a quarterback who can play Houston. There's mm-hmm. no reason you don't beat them by three or four scores still. It's kind of where I'm at.
1: I don't know. Houston's favored by 10 odds makers have them.
0: Yeah. They, I think Houston should cover that spread. There's,
1: yeah.
0: There's still Kansas, of course. I don't know.
1: Kansas has been putting up points though. 40, 55 on West Virginia, 56 on Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Both both teams coming off overtime games, which is interesting. You wonder how that affects them mentally. Um, mm-hmm. Kansas having won the overtime with Houston having lost it. That's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, sure. I don't know what kind of effect that has, but it's something to think about, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, I don't, it's tough to say. I mean, both teams I think are very well coached overall, different types of coaches completely like both Holgerson and, uh, Houston's defense is a lot better than anything Kansas has seen so far. They should be able to pressure Mm -hmm. all game long. They've got a good, competent secondary. Competence, actually, unfair Houston secondary. They've got a very good secondary. You know, I just you need your offense to show up in the first half of this one. Yeah, I think that's the whole game. If you let Kansas go into halftime with a fourteen to ten lead, even if you end up winning the game, you know, thirty eight to fourteen. I'm going to have major uh-huh. concerns about you moving forward. If you're Houston, is that to me saying you're not fixing the base problem, which is the yeah. offense not showing up for the first half? Because the defense is good. But if the it is good, but it's not offense, as good as uh, – I think there's better defenses than the American –
1: but, it's crazy because they were that was supposed to be the calling card, you know. Aside from Tune that, and, and, and
0: Dell. if the offense leaves you out on the field all game long, yeah. all first half long, your to your legs yeah. are going to be gassed, and you're going. It's like what I was saying about the UCF Louisville game. UCF defense is great. Their offense made them play the entire second half on the field, though, and eventually you're yeah. going to have a breakdown. You're going to have a drive where your legs just aren't under you the way they need to be. And you give up a couple scores, but you know, the defense is solid. You need the offense to hold up there into the bargain for sixty minutes. And that's why I'm. Looking
1: I'm at. feeling a shootout coming on, and I'm excited.
0: I'm feeling a Houston rebound win in a pretty convincing way. interesting. That's right, Matt. Who do you have? I got Houston.
1: Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna pick Houston because it's at home. <laughs> If they had to travel to K-State, real- I would probably be picking K-State well, right now, well, to be Kansas,
0: honest. it's not K-State.
1: I'm sorry, Kansas. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm sorry. We're, we're back
1: K-State was awesome.
0: The way it's working out, we're doing back to Kansas schools.
1: Um, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> if you know, um, yeah. If
0: you playing K-State, I might be picking K-State because...
1: Interesting. Yeah. you Interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, but they're All not. right. Playing Kansas. Uh, Campbell at ECU. Mm-hmm. I... Same thing I've been saying about FCS games all episode long. What is there to say? <laughs> Go in, take care of business, stay healthy. Those are what you want to do. Work on the little things that you feel like you have to work on as a program. Mm-hmm. Get your paycheck. Yeah. Move on with our day. Should win pretty easily if you're ECU. It shouldn't it shouldn't be much of a problem. That's for you, sure. You agree?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, ECU on this one. No spread on the game, which uh, that, no line on the game.
0: I'm, yeah, that happens when the game's supposed to be a huge blowout sometimes because it's just <laughs> a number that, like, not worth it. Actually, if you saw the Hawaii Michigan line last week, which was like 50 something points, you don't know. Yeah, it was like the highest line I've ever seen. Uh, you don't normally see lines like that because it's just such a ridiculous number where you go, Yeah, Michigan could put up 100 on them if they really wanted to, because that's how bad Hawaii is right now. Yeah. But, like, are they going to really try to do that? It's hard. Like, it's just ridiculous. Jim Harbaugh would. Oh, they didn't cover, so.
1: No, but I'm I'm not for lack of trying, I'm sure.
0: The weird quarterback platoon they're doing up there. Yeah. Just go with JJ. I know that Cade got you to some places you hadn't been yet. Just go with JJ. He's clearly better. (laughs)
1: Hey, Harbaugh's nothing if not loyal.
0: Some coaches are loyal to a fault, like uh,
1: yeah, he's stuck with <clears throat> um,
0: Kirk. Parents being a little bit too loyal to his son right now, <laughs> and <Saint laughs> Brian parents, yeah, you're allowed to fire your son even if it makes rock giving dinner. Yeah, Bobby Bowden fired his son.
1: My dad's given me red cards in soccer games before, so
0: you know, yep, we're yeah. still best friends, but. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do.
1: Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> got to do what's right. That's what you have to do.
0: You're, yeah. And not to, to get talked too much about Iowa football, but you're ruining a great defense and great special teams unit by having your incompetent son coach the offense. And then, also,
1: I'm not going to hear any Spencer Petra slander. Well, so say,
0: it's not fair to a guy like Spencer. It's Pitt. not. Because you're putting a guy who doesn't know how to coach him up, who doesn't know how to develop him, and who doesn't know how to scheme for him into a position to do all those things. How is a guy like Petrus ever supposed to have good numbers if you've got a guy who isn't qualified to coach high school but has got the job through nepotism as the coach? He's not supposed so, to get... It's tough. Not to it's tough. So far. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they've, scored, they've scored 10 offensive points in two games. Yeah, it's not great. And one of those was FCS. Speaking of FCS opponents, a game I saw you tweeting about earlier today, Jackson, <laughs> That's Rich Rodriguez at Tulsa.
1: Woo. The return of Rich Rodriguez, everybody. Yeah, he. Uh, I,
0: love, I love Rich Rod. I love him. After things fizzled out at Arizona, he was a coordinator at a couple stops, uh, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, and I believe ULM, if I'm not mistaken. Now he's the head coach at Jacksonville State, who's I believe transitioning to FBS next season, right?
1: Yep, and they're three and O. Got that offense
0: going. He does. Got, that, got offense going. Uh, you said that you were excited for this game. Yeah. What are you looking for?
1: Well, I'm excited. Well, obviously, I'm excited because it's Rich Rod. Um, I haven't watched too many of the Gamecocks games so far this season, so I don't really know what to expect. But I know Rich Rod, and I know how he coaches, so it's going to be it's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a it's going to be an all-out, especially with like you said, Tulsa's defense the way it is. Oh boy!
0: Liability to me right now. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be a long day. I feel like it's gonna be a really interesting game to watch, especially if you like offense. You know, because Bryn is gonna yeah. come in he's gonna and do his put up thing.
0: Thousand yards in this game probably because he should. That's what he should be capable of doing: throwing for four hundred or so yards.
1: Yeah. yeah, Jacksonville State's quarterback Zion Webb, not the most careful of quarterbacks. I Love think it. he, yeah, he threw some. He's yeah. already thrown several INTs,
0: so. Do you remember the first year Matt Corral was the full-time starter at Ole Miss?
1: Oh my God, I hate Matt Corral.
0: I know you do. I know you do. But he mm. had this kind of ability to just close his eyes and throw the ball wherever. And sometimes it worked out for an ADR touchdown and sometimes it was a pick six. And that was pure joy and entertainment. If I could <laughs> be the quarterback, like, like, I'm just like shouting Kobe as he throws the ball behind his back and goes, how'd that end up intercepted? You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, sterilized version from we got last season that went to the Sugar Bowl. Oh my God! Uh,
1: I I will say this: Jacksonville State has more of a ground game, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, Yeah, um, a more balanced.
0: Richrod offense has always relied on a good run game.
1: Yeah, he actually that you know he and I had a conversation about fullbacks in that capacity um, in his hurry up. And he, uh, that was probably one of the greatest conversations I've ever had was talking to Rich Rodriguez about his time at Glenville State in 1997, when he decided to run a two minute drill for every play. And people, he he was like, people thought I was crazy. He was like, people were like, this isn't gonna work. Mm -hmm. And it changed the way the,
2: offense, the offense.
1: football, yeah. yeah, it changed nice. football. And so hearing him talk about that and he actually sent me some playbooks from that year in Glenville mm-hmm. State because um, he wanted to show me how he incorporated the fullback because it was a big part of it, contrary to popular belief. But that was a pretty cool thing to to hear. He's like, yeah, people thought I was crazy. He's like, yeah, I probably would have thought he was crazy.
0: How <laughs> mummy mouse Davis, all these guys, when they're mm-hmm. innovating their offenses to what you get now, we're told. That's really stupid. That's
1: insane. Yeah,
0: exactly. But, you know, you need to find ways to take advantage when you have less talent than the teams around you. And that's where schematic innovation comes from.
1: Right. And that's what's kind of interesting about this matchup is you've got Montgomery, who I don't feel is... A super innovator. Like he strikes me as more of a traditional kind of guy. Uh,
0: he's like a veer spread kind of guy. He's off mm-hmm. that he's in the same vein of uh styles of Dino Baber's or uh Yeah. I think he's from the Briles tree, technically speaking, but Oh, that makes sense. And pretty sure he came from Baylor. Um
1: but that's why he and Rich Rod are such a funny matchup, if yeah, if you if you know what I mean. Like
0: also why I've always been so weirded out by the lack of, kind of what we're seeing this year is to me in my head, what the Tulsa offense is supposed to look like based on his personal, Mm -hmm. but never really. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. I think
1: also fun fact about Tulsa. I don't know if you know this. They're 11 of 11 in the red zone. That's good. That's incredible. Jacksonville state on the other hand, 10 of 12, not bad. So both highly effective offensive teams. So get ready. People should turn this on.
0: I agree. 11 of 11. That speaks to good quarterback play. And Mm -hmm. I think it just it speaks well of Philip Montgomery that maybe he hasn't been trying to force the same thing every year at Tulsa. Yeah. He's willing to adapt to what he has for players on his roster rather than making them adapt to him.
1: He's incredibly sharp and he's very smart. I just think he's not the guy who's going to call, you know, the fake punt. No. When it comes down to it, you know, which is fine. If you're not that guy, that's okay. But I feel like Rich Rod very much would do something like that or something else. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see this coaching matchup and these two teams play. I think if you're going to tune into a game, this would be an interesting one to watch. So
0: I think it's a de- that
1: a de- being de- said, yeah. how do we pick a team to win this game? Who are you going with?
0: Oh, I'm at a Tulsa right now. So I'm picking Jacksonville State. <laughs>
1: Oh, know. are you never gonna pick Tulsa again? Now I just very going.
0: well might just. Skip <laughs> over. I mean, hey, Tulsa lost to UC Davis last year. Who say they can't lose to an FCS team this year?
1: I mean, it, I am very tempted to also pick Jacksonville think, State yeah. in
0: this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think you're going to see Tulsa give up way more, uh, give up way more scores than you want them to see give up against an FCS opponent. I do yeah. think Davis Friend's you know like the world on fire in this game. Yeah. Um. Davis Bryn, go
1: off. I'm gonna pick Tulsa because I like you know I like No, because I actually do like Tulsa. You know I picked Tulsa many times last year. You did. They when I I shouldn't have. So
0: Tulsa's a weird team to try to pick here and there. They just are and I'm just mad at them because you twisted my arm and taking northern Illinois. Oh
1: my god, you're a grown man. If you didn't want to pick Northern Illinois, you didn't have to. (laughs) I I, like don't believe for a second that anyone has First part or I don't, I don't believe for a second that anyone has ever made you do anything you don't want to do. Ever.
0: All right. I almost yeah. made a, I almost made a joke that I would if I think regretted.
1: Um, uh, Arkansas State at Memphis or
0: Yeah, that's why I'm on. Arkansas State. Um I don't We're know almost we... done here. We are powering through. I don't know that we have through. any new information on Arkansas State than what we had from last year, which was a Butch Jones team that didn't look mm-hmm. good. It looked like he was in heavy transition. They they haven't they got their teeth kicked in by Ohio State last week, but I don't hold that against any Sun Belt team that has that happen to them against Ohio State. That is what's supposed to happen when you play Ohio State. Uh, and I yeah. believe they've got FCS at this point, which they won, I think, pretty convincingly. But again... It's really
1: sad because remember when Arkansas State had that moment two years ago and they were like, they were fun to watch and they were like, I think it was the, it must've been the COVID year then.
0: That would have been uh, Anderson's last year there.
1: Yeah, they were.
0: When his wife died and that kind of like resiliency season. Right. And then he left because it was just like, it was, I think, too emotional a place for him to be at the time. He needed to change the scenery. By the way, he's doing awful this year at Utah State. Awful. Well Weber State just into them. No. Weber State blew them out. Let me get the exact score here. But oh my I'm, God. Okay. Yeah, I know. Let me
1: Arkansas State one and one right now. Memphis sits at one and one. Memphis favored by 14 and a half points. And this is at home. So I am going to go ahead and roll with Memphis on this one because yep. I like them when they play at home. Um, they had, you know, a good game against Navy. So they're going to be riding high Arkansas state coming off some, t- some, some tough games so far. So I don't think they've looked
0: very impressive. So I'm not worried about this for Memphis. I tend to agree with most everything you've said just now. Um, okay. Liberty bowl is incredibly tough to play. I'm not yes. sure what Arkansas state is as a team this year, because like I said, FCS win, Ohio state lost neither of those mean anything to me in terms of learning the puzzle of that team and the greater context right. of what they should be. And so I think this is the first game where we learned anything about Arkansas state in year 200 Brooks Jones. Yeah. Which kind of makes them a little bit of a wild card. A little bit.
1: I do like James oh, Blackman. More, more, more their quarterback.
0: quarterback. Oh, Blackman, the Florida state transfer.
1: Yeah. I think, I think he's, I think he's, he's a good out. quarterback. At, he's a yeah.
0: Good he's been beat up throughout his career
1: and they have a, a receiver called champ Flemings. His name name is Champ. Yeah, phenomenal. So,
0: Uh, By the way, Utah State beat Utah State (laughs) 35-7. That's unfortunate. It's bad. Um, Next game was going to be CF at FAU, but we already touched on that. I just want (laughs) to add in. I want to see way less straight drop back from John Rice and more play action read options. That's just me. Uh, Jumping ahead, though, to SMU at Maryland. Another contender for most interesting game of the week, I think.
2: Interesting.
0: Uh, because this is SMU's first real challenge. It's a Big Ten school. Uh, yeah. It's a better Big Ten school than Rutgers, but not as good as, say, Michigan, Michigan State. Is, mm-hmm. but, another
1: game where we have two teams that are 2-0 and undefeated as well. I think it's so that's
0: game where It's a little bit difficult to kind of parcel out how good either team is based on who they've played so far this season. You know I mean? Like, Charlotte, we know, is not particularly good. And then Buffalo, well, they just lost to Holy Cross from the FCS. A good, good, good FCS team lost to an FCS school. So, like, you know, you beat a Mac school and you beat a Conference USA school, neither one of them has a win yet. So, both of the teams you beat, if you're Maryland, have FCS losses. What does that mean (laughs) about you? I mean, like, I just don't think... I think Talia Tug is good. I think there's a lot of really good high end talent that they've recruited recently. It's not love Loxley. I think he's an incredible coach. I know you yeah, I know you're a big Loxley fan. Yeah. I just you know I mean, are they a team that can be like what Michigan State was last year and surprise you in the Big Ten East and make a run at it? Or Yeah, we just don't know. We don't know. be like they are yeah. every year in Maryland, which is around the six and six line. You know what I mean? And that six yeah. and six line sometimes uh, skewed number because you play teams like Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State every single year. So you kind of come in as four teams every year that you're the underdog against inherently, if you're Maryland. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, so Maryland... I th- My
1: biggest concern is is them traveling across the country to play this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. the travel's going to stink, but I think it's always easier to travel e- uh, east than west. <laughs> or, no, or do I feel differently about that? No, sorry. Strike that reverse. I feel it's easier to travel east to west than west to east.
1: So, yeah, hundred percent. You because, get the time back.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Reverse the time zones. No back. worries. As you can attest, when we first started doing the podcast together, being in you know three time zones apart, mm-hmm. east Coast versus west Coast, I struggled. To Not know. easy. And we're recording anything.
1: I'm like that when I cover games. Like I was at Auburn and I had a conversation the day of the game as to what time the game was because it was in central time, but I thought it was Eastern. So
0: yeah. Where the the central and Eastern time starts and where mountain time starts are always tricky.
1: What are even time zones anyway? Let's all just like have the same time. Like who cares?
0: Well, farmers care. What? Farmers? I think legitimately farmers care.
1: I don't know. I think it's just a scam. Time know. is an illusion, so something.
0: something. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but I, like I said, my point that I was trying to make was, I think this is a game where we learn something about two teams who have looked good yeah. under relatively easy circumstances to look good in. Yeah, you know? 100% agree. Lots,
1: Maryland lots,
0: is especially an offense for each team.
1: Maryland's favored by three and a half,
0: so that's that means it would be a coin flip at a neutral site. Like I think I've said that before. Three points is between yeah. right the home team and these in spreads. Uh,
1: I think I'm going to go. Oh, this is really tough because I like both these quarterbacks. They're going to put up points. Neither defense is extremely impressive. So it's going to be a shootout, I
0: think. I agree with all that.
1: I don't know. So do we like Tagovailoa or do we like.
0: I'm I'm on SMU. If you're waiting to see who I would pick, I'm on SMU
1: uh Damn, mordecai is good ah my, this is
0: tough i'm gonna be at conference schmuck and pick smu
1: i'm gonna do it I'm too because i'm doing team. it too
0: keep an eye on but i think it's a coin flip so i'm going to pick the conference team you know
1: yeah let's do it all right all in on smu new pony same express
0: all right well that's we'll, their
1: motto this year i saw maybe uh, <laughs> i gotta shout out their social media their social Gold. media
0: and their golden trans am
1: They've been incredible, yeah. Oh my God, that video was just
0: if yeah, if amazing. You, if you don't know what the Golden transam means or is referencing, just go watch Pony Access, the 30 for 30, go watch <laughs> it, it's great. It's
1: and getting great. Eric Dickerson in there, that was
0: I wild. I love that they're embracing the uh, more unfortunate parts of their history, I guess, in terms yeah. of the outcome in the end. I Whatever. I actually really don't care that Eric Dickerson got a car from A and M, then said I'm gonna go play for SMU. Actually, and they just <laughs> didn't do anything about it. Uh, they're just like, "Well, what are you gonna say? We gave him a car to play for us? No, you can't say that. I mean, he didn't, and he can't. Yeah, and he can't tell anybody. But that's hilarious. It's great." Who doesn't
1: they posted they posted a picture today of the team standing – I wish I could find this. I didn't save it, but it was SMU standing in front of, like, a blue Mustang, like a couple of the guys, and then it was side-by-side side with a picture of Sonny Dykes in his, like, blue – or his purple-striped polo, like, trying to pose for a picture, and it was hilarious. And I cannot wait for this TCU-SMU game. I'm going to go and cover um, it, I decided, that good. weekend.
0: So, I'm – Good for you. Yeah, it's going to awesome, be epic. Awesome, but... awesome game.
1: Uh, so we're both. All right. Uh, well, no, yep. We're both,
0: both SMU. Uh, picking SMU. Got it. Yeah. Uh, let's one do more game. USF at Florida. It's in the swamp. Uh, and I think USF is going to have to come to Jesus here. <laughs> I think they're going to get absolutely annihilated.
1: Boy. <laughs> You don't think that Kentucky beating Florida is going to have any sort of effect on their morale at all.
0: Oh, I think it's going to make them real mad.
1: Well, yeah, but that's one of the options. One option is it makes them very mad and they come out and take it out on USF. The other option maybe, but there's option B, which some teams don't do that. They fold in on themselves out of despair. So which team is this? Dan we don't Knight, really know. Dan
0: Mullen ain't coaching them anymore. It's Billy Napier now. And he's a much you know, better but
1: Billy coach. Napier is a little bit of a mixed bag to me. I'm oh, I
0: he's a really good coach.
1: I'm not hundred percent. He
0: keeps it very tight lip to the media. He doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I was just transcribing Billy Napier earlier today, and he like the whole time in press conferences. He doesn't want you to hear what he's saying. But I think I'm upset
1: because he followed me on Twitter and then he unfollowed me.
0: He did that so, a couple months ago, right? He like followed I a- don't
1: remember no, it was like you know, this is when he was at Louisiana. He followed me and we were okay. yeah, we were friends and like we this- would chat and then he unfollowed me and I was like
0: every now and again okay. he does that uh, from what I can tell where he follows like fifty or so immediate people and then I don't I guess he apparently will unfollow them too, but like I remember like a couple months ago, he like followed a ton of on three people randomly like such a weird it's like in a row too like within a five minute span. It was just like
1: it's like what weird guys do on the internet. They'll follow you and unfollow you until you like pay attention to them. And I'm like, I'm not playing this game with you, Coach Napier. So get out of here. So I'm a little bit sour on him to be honest with uh, you. He weirds well, me
0: out a bit. I think Anthony Richardson's gonna restart the Heisen campaign. After he got it going in week one and lost it in week two. <laughs> and then it was like, no. Uh, no, I don't think USF has a single player who can tackle him in space. I okay. came wrong. He, Anthony Richardson's an incredibly interesting player because he's had a great encapsulation of people hyping people up over small sample sizes. Mm-hmm. He does have all the raw talent in the world, but it is so unrefined that at times it's ugly. When was out, like the second against Kentucky was ugly. Let's face it, he mm-hmm. didn't know how to take anything off the ball and he was just, yeah, it and was for like forcing things and wasn't comfortable.
1: His production took a big hit there. So that's why I'm like, about 15 defense in the country. Yeah.
0: USF has an awful defense.
1: <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Uh Florida's favored by 24 and a half Not points. Enough. So I get it. <laughs>
0: Should be 35 plus.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to pick Florida. Um, I think it's going to be
0: embarrassing enough that you could justify pulling the plug on Jeff Scott. I don't think they will. I 100% don't no. think they will. Uh, think that's so not either. what I'm predicting at all. I'm saying it'll be ugly enough that if they chose to, no one would blame them. Interesting. Because It's going to show, once again, that there's no improvement week to week with USF. There's no improvement season to season. There's no life and there's just no hope when he with these teams on the field right now. And it's infuriating if you're a Bulls fan
1: yeah it's
0: good i know i give bulls fans you know trouble sometimes i know i'm a ucf guy i feel bad mm-hmm. for them right now with the product on the field like right now their wins are off the field facilities things which are great for the program long term and they should be happy about them but at some point you just feel bad for how much you're losing on the field and i yeah. just feel bad for how much they're losing on the field and It's not even like the way Scott Frost was losing at Nebraska where it's like there was hope in each and every game and that was what ripped your heart out. These games, the first quarter's over and you're like, okay, the game's over too. And that's infuriating. So yeah, Florida by a mile. All right.
1: No, I'm picking Florida. (laughs) I'm not crazy.
0: You know what that means? Our entire week, who comes out on top this week? Depends on Jacksonville State Tulsa
1: good as it should be
0: (laughs) the only game that matters for our purposes. yes the only game i care about
1: (laughs) all right well we did it we got through another week of previews and predictions we hope you guys enjoyed it make sure to follow along on twitter neither of us will be at a game this weekend we will be at weddings but we will be watching
0: my whole sunday is going to be watching the uh, replays
1: there you go. Well, my my wedding's not See until Monday, are. so I'm actually going to be watching the games. I know who gets married on a Monday.
0: That's someone who's trying to save a few bucks, right
1: there. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Where I already had to take, I had to take the day off work. Like it's it's a whole thing. I, but
0: I had to take a day off work to fly to Maine. It's fine.
1: I love my boyfriend. I'm also taking the weekend off of coverage, so um, this is a big yeah. a big thing for him for me to be doing this but i love him and he's been very supportive he drives me to the airport and picks me up and he supports my dreams so i owe him this Absolutely. much
0: Ball weddings man <laughs> stop having exactly yeah
1: stop having him uh make Fall sure you follow wedding. me on twitter at Nem e-m-i-l-n-e-m and on instagram at the same
0: handle you can find me on twitter at dan underscore morrison 96 and that's yeah that. Yeah.
1: Hey, also full box piece coming out this week on SB Nation. Looking out for it. So excited. Finally, I've been waiting for this forever and I decided it's the time to do it. So awesome. If you like full box, definitely check this one out this week. It's going to be good.
0: I'm excited for that.
1: Yay. All right. We'll see you guys next week.
0: All right. We're off.